You are listening to The Political Periscope, a weekly podcast brought to you by Radio WNET. Interviews on international politics, security, geopolitics, economy and more, every Thursday at 7pm. Today's guest of The Political Periscope is Peter Westerbacher, entrepreneur, startup creator and former CMO of Rovio Entertainment Corporation. Political Periscope. Uh, will good, uh, will uh, evil bird? Mm, angry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, will angry bird uh, uh, win over good birds in the world? Uh, I think that that's like a very uh, tricky question, but I think that good will always win uh, in the end. So I think that is uh, what will happen. And uh, I think that uh, we all agree that we need to stop the Russian genocide in the Ukraine. So uh, uh, good has to win. There is no other alternative. I can see your pin with Ukrainian and Finnish flag. Uh, are you involved in the, the aid of for Ukraine? Yes, so uh, we are doing many things. One thing that we did uh, when the war started with one of the companies, uh, Fun Academy, and then uh, protecting the children, we created a trauma booklet. Uh, so basically a way to deal with trauma for the families, for the parents, for the kids. And we printed 40,000. We first did in Finnish and Ukrainian language, so it's bilingual. And uh, it was so well received that we then translated into Polish, Polish, into English, French, Italian. So it's a way for uh, children and their parents to deal with trauma. Uh, so there are many things that we can do to support our friends in the Ukraine. And what we are working on currently, uh, together with the Ministry of Education in Ukraine, we want to prepare for the rebuilding of the Ukraine after the war. And of course, education, teachers will play a big role. So the focus here in Finland is really on education. We have the best educational system on the planet here in Finland, and we want to work together with our Ukrainian friends to help the Ukraine uh, rebuild a fantastic educational system and rebuild a fantastic Ukraine. Uh, you said the best education system in the world uh, yes. here in Finland. Uh, what's exceptional? Uh, why is it the best? Uh, there are many, many reasons. I think that it starts uh, with fantastic teachers. Here in Finland, we give all of our teachers master's degree. No matter if you teach in kindergarten or at university, you have a master's degree in education. Uh, this is something that is very important. Also, uh, we have uh, a very, um, uh, let's say, a good system in the way that there are no dead ends. You can go to high school and continue into university, or you can go into vocational school and continue into university, or, uh, you know, just go into working life from vocational or, you know, high school. Uh, but also uh, that in our schools, we have very short school days. We have very little homework, so you have school and life. You have time to go out and play. You can hang out with your friends. And I think that there are many, many attributes of the Finnish educational system that actually makes it uh, the best uh, in the world. So this is something that we are very proud of. But of course, we can never be happy. So every day we are working on making our educational system better better, better. And I think that uh, the approach here is that it's about the students. That is the most important. We need to provide a fantastic student experience. Uh, What uh, time do uh, young people learn about the relativity theory? 
Oh, I don't even know when they learn about the relativity uh, theory, but uh, probably uh, quite early. But uh, I think that, I mean, for example, we start with the first uh, foreign language already in first grade. And I, I actually been talking about that we should start in kindergarten. So, uh, and also, you know, I don't know now about the relativity theory when they learn that, but then you have to ask, is it even relevant? So we are focused on life skills. You're learning for life, not for school, not for tests. And that is uh, super, super important compared to many of the Asian systems where you can like have good results on paper, but you are not learning for life, you're learning for tests. Not only in Asia, but also in Europe, uh, educational mm. system often kills uh, the sense of freedom and uh, creativity. Uh, I, I understand that it's not the case in Finland. Yes, that's a fantastic question. And I think that this is what I always say, that in our educational system, we don't kill initiative, we don't kill creativity. We want to make sure that everybody that goes through the system here is able to solve real world problems. That's the important thing. Uh, but uh, how every minister of education in Europe would say the same thing as you say, uh, that, but uh, finally the effect is that uh, we close in a cage our creativity, our, our imagination. Yeah, but I, I think I've talked to many education ministers. Actually, I talked to our Minister of Education, uh, uh, Mr. Lee Anderson, today, and uh, we always have interesting exchange. Uh, but I think that I've talked to many ministers of education. I was just actually visiting uh, Anna Lisa, the Minister of Education in Namibia. I also met uh, with the Minister of Education in uh, Tanzania. And I think that, uh, you know, we have uh, a lot of challenges. And uh, when you talk to the education ministers, they will admit to that. And uh, we have uh, also, I think, a responsibility here in Finland to share our experience and, and you know, what we have built. Uh, we can learn a lot, you know, from Poland. We can learn from other countries. Hopefully, you can also learn from what we have done in education here. And I'm personally very, very proud of the educational system because that is really the foundation of the success of Finland, a small country with no national resources. We have been able to build a very successful nation, a very successful economy, and I think that it starts with fantastic education. Uh, but you're not uh, only focusing on education, but uh, also on startups. Uh, have uh, many Ukrainian startups uh, appear uh, in, well, in your field? Uh, yes, uh, we see many uh, uh, Ukrainian startups but of course many of the Ukrainian startups uh, you know are still stuck in the Ukraine and they're fighting uh, the Russians in the day or night and then they're coding when they get some uh, you know time you know that's the case with the technology startups but we also have some startups that have come here they already came before the war and they are now uh, working on their solutions their systems and of course uh, with the interest of supporting you know uh, uh, the war effort in in the Ukraine so uh, very big focus on uh, enabling the entrepreneurs and helping the startups, helping the entrepreneurs. And I think that we should also uh, help uh, the uh, smart people in Russia. So we should help the smart people escape and come to Finland, come to Europe, set up their startups here. So hopefully at some point uh, we can see some positive development, you know, after thousands of years also in Russia. And uh, at what point in your life you've understood, uh, understood that Russia is an aggressive state that can attack other countries? Uh, probably when I was born. So I think that uh, we have never forgot here in Finland that uh, uh, Russia is uh, evil. 
uh, it's a nation built on the oppression of others. Uh, we have been under, you know, Russian oppression back in the Tsarist times. And, uh, you know, we regained our independence in 1917. And uh, we have also uh, been, you know, in at war with the Soviet Union. We were the only country that, that, uh, that was at war uh, with the Soviets that didn't get occupied. And we have never forgot. So we have kept our military strong. We have uh, made sure that if bad things happen, we can defend ourselves. So uh, I think that the only concern we have here in Finland that if Russia would attack, where do we bury all of them? Okay, left, uh, let's let, uh, leave the war on the side for a moment. Uh, you're famous for your creativity and imagination. How do you think the world will look in 10-15 years? I'm eternal optimist. So I think that the world 10 years from now will be better. And uh, this is uh, what all of us startup entrepreneurs, why we are doing what we're doing. We want to make the world a better place. And it might sound a bit naive, but it's really uh, what entrepreneurs want to do. We want to make the world a better place, you know, and, and doing our small part in, you know, different areas. But that is what is really uh, important. And I think also when you talk to young people today, it's not good enough to do good business. You have to do good business that does good for the world. Uh, I was thinking more about the technological side. Uh, what do you think? What will we use? Uh, what tools, objects will we use? I think that uh, it's it's really difficult, uh, you know, to predict the future. So, so I think that is really tough. But uh, if we look at uh, uh, what we have today and where the world is going, I think that, of course, we will see, uh, you know, uh, better, uh, faster, you know, in all areas of technology. So I think that is, you know, like just happening, it's accelerating. But uh, also, uh, I think that we will start now in the next 10 years, we will start seeing uh, new ways of accessing the services. Now the dominant design is, you know, the mobile phone that we all carry. You know, that is really uh, the thing. But I think that we will start now uh, the beginnings of augmented reality. We will start seeing other devices. Maybe it's glasses or contact lenses, other ways of consuming the content. So I think that is a massive change that uh, will come. So uh, we will start moving away from uh, you know, what has been the case, you know, the mobile phone and the screen that we carry around, I think that we will start seeing new innovation in that area. And uh, I also think that we will start seeing uh, a lot more, um, let's say, connectivity, so we can uh, interact with more devices, you know, the table and the walls and you know the buildings and like everything that it will be uh, smarter I mean behind you you have some sensors and you will see more of that you know uh, going forward that uh, you know the much talked about internet of things we will have hundreds of billions of devices that will communicate you know so I think that uh, it, it's really difficult to say uh, what the world will look like but I think that it will be better and it will be more connected. Are you not afraid of this vision of the world? Uh, I don't think that uh, we should be afraid because I think that, again, uh, we need to always believe that uh, it will turn out well. It will turn out for the better. I think that this is something that, you know, uh, uh, has always happened. And I don't see any reason why it wouldn't. Of course, we have some, you know... Uh, 
uh, exceptions, but I think that they are like uh, temporary uh, disturbances of the force or something like that. But uh, I really think that that you know the trend uh, is uh, always for the better. So of course we have some exceptions. We have the war in the Ukraine. We have crazy regimes in some countries, but those are more the exception. I think if you look at the trends and we look at over a hundred years, uh, the world is a better place than 100 years ago or 200 years ago. So I think that that is uh, definitely something that uh, you can't argue with. I'm not uh, 100% sure about uh, if the world is better than 100 years ago. Uh, like when I'm looking at uh, China where Muslims, uh, Muslim population leave, leaves, uh, they are completely controlled and the politicians uh, could use it also in Europe. Yes, but I think that uh, we, we need to look at, again, uh, longer term. And, uh, you know, we had a famous uh, uh, economist. Actually, you could say that he's one of the brains behind, you know, the market economy and the free economy. So Anders Chudenius, uh, you know, back hundreds, hundreds of years ago here in Finland, you know, uh, before, uh, you know, Adam Smith and all of these guys. And, you know, back in those days, you know, you have to remember what Europe was like with all these like kingdoms and, uh, you know, various other things that then they used China as an example of like freedom and free economy and like all of that. And of course, now it's a little bit the opposite. But I think that also what we need to keep in mind here that if you remember in the 1980s, then everybody was thinking that Japan will own the world. They are buying everything. They are buying the US. Okay, now if you look at, you know, Japan, and there's, you know, not much talk about Japan owning the world. It didn't happen. And, you know, there has been a lot of talk that, oh, China will own the world and, you know, biggest economy and all of that. Same thing is happening in China as happened in Japan. Population decline. You know, it's not like uh, uh, all, you know, going according to plan. So I think that we will see big changes in many areas. And we here in Europe need to believe that, you know, the good uh, human rights, freedom, democracy, our version of these kind of like liberal democracies will win. And also that will be the case in China and in Poland. So uh, to, uh, f- uh, at the end, uh, a question about uh, your dreams. Mm-hmm. Is your biggest dream to build a tunnel uh, between Helsinki and Tallinn? Uh, yeah, it's not the biggest dream. It's something that we're making happen because we need to prepare for the future growth. So that, that is something that is very important. And we're bringing Helsinki and Tallinn together, most successful startup ecosystems on the planet. Uh, so it's just something that we have to do. But for me, the tunnel is just like a minor little detail in the bigger scheme of things in building uh, this uh, finest bay area further and uh, the finest bay area is the most successful region on the planet when it comes to startups unicorn creation the most venture capital invested per capita so finland estonia sweden uh, much more successful than silicon valley much more successful than china and now what we need to do is that we need to get uh, all of europe to that level we need to make sure that europe is leading and not always following. So that, I would say, is a bigger dream and a bigger ambition, and that's what we need to do. So the tunnel is a very, very small detail in the bigger scheme of things. Thank you very much. Thank you. This was The Political Periscope. The podcast is released every Thursday at 7 p.m. 